really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. As always, I'm David Lawrence. I, as I'm sure you know by now, I am your host. And as you have surely noticed by now, this is not your regular weekly episode, but is in fact yet another bonus episode. This time, I am beyond thrilled to welcome back perennial favorite Phil Harris of the Jacks Rangers show. This makes an even dozen appearances by Phil, still holding the official record. I couldn't be happier about it. Phil, my friend, how the heck are you? Huzzah. I am excellent, David. I hope you are as well. Uh, the dirty dozen. Here we go. This I cannot believe right? that I'm still the record holder. Uh, 12 is a lot, man. Like I, I can't even, I can't count the, the as many times that I've been uh, on here. I just, I, I didn't realize it was 12. That's really incredible. Yeah, well, you can now. There you go. <laughs> so be- before we get stuck in, I understand you moved recently. And, you know, moving is one of my all-time least favorite things. It's always awful no matter what. How did it go? Where are you now? And are you settled in at this point? It went awful. Um, I <laughs> moved everything up three flights of stairs. Um I went from one part of Manchester to another. So it's just, you know, I went from like the downtown area to the more like um, big box store close by area. So that's, uh, that's the story. It's been fine. I mean, I think we're settled in now, but at the very beginning, I was just very, very frustrated for a couple of days. That's just how it goes. Right. Yeah. No, the, the, the the back and forth. So you think you have 10 and it turns out it's 30. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people that's like pretty much a minimalist. Like anytime I get something, I want to get rid of something. But at the Mm. same time, like you would think that there wouldn't be a lot of stuff that you still have to, you know, load up in cars, but it was a ton of stuff. So I I don't know how to explain it, you know? So is this you and your partner at the same place now? Is that the deal? Yes, that's right. Yes, sir. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. That sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. So Phil, of course, we're here to talk all things MLR. We're almost at the halfway mark for this current season so i'm guessing there's going to be a full mid-season jacks rangers show about the state of things probably next week i'm guessing i figured i would grab you a little bit early for mm-hmm. what i'm calling mid a mid-season schmid season the okay. almost halfway pod <laughs> am i a genius with naming things or what that's pretty good that's pretty good you should be on the marketing team for the free jacks they'd, they'd love to have you i'm sure <laughs> yeah I'm going to send that out to TK right now. I'm sure I'll get a response. (laughs) Speaking of which, I actually reached out to TK this morning and I was like, by the way, talking to Phil this this evening, uh, you got any cool stats, a little fun factoid that I can surprise him with? No answer. Really? It's literally the only time he's not responded. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'll have to send him a text message about that. I call him the fifth outrider because he's been so on the show so many times. No kidding. So I always text him. I'm always like, good morning or good afternoon, fifth outrider. And then he'll reply, good morning, good afternoon, uh, first outrider. So we have that little thing going. (laughs) Yeah, I love that guy, man. Usually he responds to me and says, good to hear from you, Dan. (laughs) <laughs> the dan from quincy uh rears yeah, its yeah. Ugly head once the ghost again. of dan from quincy uh so before we get into the mlr and our beloved free jacks i do want to start just by asking you about your experience at fort quincy so far this year you know just 
on a scale of one to ten, how are you going to rate your experience at home games thus far? Granted, there's only been three, but you know, what do you think? I'm going to give it a solid seven. You know, there's always room okay. for improvement for me and you, I think as well, we've talked about this previously where like, as long as the, the, the product on the pitch is good, I don't really care about other stuff. Like, mm. you know, I, I get in, I grab a storm alongside her and then I'm on, I'll talk to people. Um, you know, we've listened to the bands and they've been very, very good. Normally, you know, I'm, I am a music person, but most of the, the selections that they have don't really thrill me. You know what I mean? Sure. In terms of the musical acts. So, uh, Caitlin was, you know, has danced a little bit at the, at the games and that's all well and good. And we kind of make our way to our seat and we don't move from there mm. until the end of the game. So, uh, I will say it's a solid seven. I think there can be improvements, um, but ultimately well, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. To, yep. I'm about to get to that. So, you know, what are this? What are a couple of the improvements you've seen this year over last year? Because I think I, they've done a few things. They have done a few things. Um, I don't have children, but I know that they've increased and improved the 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 kids section over there. That oh. um, there's like a little inflatable that like teaches them how to throw a pass and kick I balls for rugby balls. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. So that's definitely an improvement. And they, um, they kind of staff it with some players too, which is also cool. Right. Yeah. The players that aren't selected. So you get to meet a free Jack and then they'll teach you how to throw a ball, which is really, really cool. Uh, Dave, who's uh, Diamond Dave, uh, the guy that co-hosts the show with me, was talking about how his daughter was a little shy about kicking the ball. But Samisi mm. Paye was there and like showed her how to do it. And like, you know, wow. she was- she did it correctly and was beaming, you know, uh, you know, gave him a high five and all that sort of stuff. I mean, oh, that's exactly that the type cool. of, exactly. That's the type of connection that you want to be building up because it really is about, you know, building up the community. And a lot of that has to do with the youth players and just yeah. kids in general, get kids through the door. And obviously that brings the parents and, you know, if the kids get hooked, you know, the parents will tag along and then it, it all becomes hopefully a huge, huge mega success from there. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, we have a World Cup coming here in eight mm -hmm. years. So yeah. like, yep. you know, time to get those seeds planted. Exactly. 100%. I think there's more beer vendors this time around. I always go to the mm. same one. As soon as I walk through, grab my beer, talk to some people, I'll mingle on the way and then just make my way to my seat. So for me, I'm not very, very picky. Um, you know, if they do things that were more appealing to me, I mean, I'm sure that I could make some suggestions like more on brand stuff. One of the things that I kind of raised my eyebrow about is the, the brass band, mm. which I understand, you know, for the most part they play a lot of you know musical selections that people are familiar with so that's always entertaining yep. and they have that march that they bring the kids out to the pitch so all of that is good they're great musicians i'm not denying that but i just think mm. it's a little bit too new orleansy or maybe too french with the uh, the big brass okay. band type of thing I, I personally would like to see and this is not something that i'm like um, reinventing the wheel here. It's something that they did previously, I believe during the Kara Cup, they had a full set of fife and drum guys in the whole, you know, spider regalia uh, with the whole Continental wow. Army stuff that were there at games that were playing the drums, you know, when scrums were happening. So I would like to see that as opposed to what is there now with the brass band. I think it's more on brand. Um, hmm. 
you know, so that, that's just my personal opinion on these things. Uh, I'm wearing my Caracop scarf right there you now, go. But, yep. but somehow I don't, I don't remember that. Don't recall I'm that? Yeah. Of, maybe it was because I was so damn cold, I couldn't hear anything. It was definitely at uh, Fort Union Point is when I oh, saw yes. them. So it could have been, maybe it was during the New York uh, Cold War games, but, you know, oh, it, it, okay. my, my memory is a little fuzzy, but it was definitely at Fort Union Point prior to the MLR seasons. So. so you've already kind of asked this question for me. Um, mm -hmm. Give us one or two other things that you think the Free Jacks could do to make the game day experience even better than it is right now. I would say streamline the process about getting your tickets, uh, you know, at, at, like the, your credentials, because the first mm. game there was like, you know, there's a line to get through the door or through the gate, rather, you got to scan your ticket, but immediately there's a huge line of people trying to get their credentials and it took a little long. So I think yep. that could definitely be improved, maybe even mail them out to people prior to the season. I, I think that was their intent and then they ran yeah. out of time. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened with that. It, it's difficult because you're dealing with, um, you know, small staffs and interns that mostly yep. work uh, a lot of these things. So, um, you know, they're definitely running around with the, their heads cut off at certain times. And I, that's completely understandable. So I think that could be improved. Uh, let me think of what else. You Maybe just if, posted earlier, in fact, something about like, <laughs> there's two things we need to yes, do. Yes, yes. And said, one, that's it. What were those two things? One of those was just, ha there's a great, great fife and drum company uh, called uh, Middlesex County Volunteers. And they have uh, musical selections that you can listen to on like Amazon music, all of that. So they are like widely, widely known. They do parades. They do all type of different things. And they, they're in the full, this isn't some, you know, a bunch of hillbillies, uh, you know, as amateurs doing this they're in the full uh uniform and, and they got the everything it looks fantastic i think that it would be great to have them at every single game if not the whole group i mean obviously that could get pricey just a couple of them right um and have them you know do parades and have march the kids around and then have them play at certain times during the mm. game situationally uh in addition to that there's these great great volunteers called the um the end zone militia that yep. participate in the Patriots games and the revolution games. These guys dress up in the whole. Oh, they're there for uh, the Rebs. I didn't know that. That's right. Yep. So every time a goal, a goal is scored or a touchdown is scored, you know, they shoot off the muskets. That is something that the, listen, the branding is very, very clear, right? The lantern is the lantern that uh, Paul Revere held up on his horseback ride. By the way, we're coming up on the date here for Lexington and Concord, the battle. Uh, the British are coming. Everybody knows that story. Most likely that's listening to this. So let's embrace that whole colonial revolutionary war branding and try to do as much as possible uh, for that. I want to experience that when I come through the gate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's what I want to experience. I want to be immersed in the branding. I don't want these missed, you know, this, um, uh, what's the best way to describe this? Like, like the, these um, miss interpretations of what we're doing here. I want to experience that 100%. The Revs did something very, very interesting. I used to be a season ticket holder. I'm a big soccer fan. Oh, I think you know this. I didn't know and, that. Yeah. I, I, I knew you liked soccer. I didn't know you went to the Revs. I did for maybe one or two years uh, prior to the Free Jacks existing. As soon as I heard about the Free Jacks, it was over, Jack. I was mm. like, I, I, this is no longer Thank something God. that I'm investing <laughs> No longer something I'm investing in. But I will tell you one time, and they only did this for one game that I'm aware of. They had actors, paid actors in the full British um, Army uh, military officer get-ups, the red coats, if you will, 
walking around in like the supporter section, uh, they call it the fort there too, that specific section, just talking shit to the Revs fans in, in British no accents. It was amazing. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I think those could be like the uh, the rivals to Woody or, so, uh, you know, like the villains and stuff like that. I just think that would be so much fun. And oh, I, I, we, we could choreograph would you taking them down and everything yeah exactly like tackling them or something just kind of playing around or like you know he's running after them and they're running away just like very comically or something i think <laughs> the woodies are coming the woodies are coming exactly yeah i think it would be so much fun but you know I, i'm sure that the uh the great minds because eric anderson the owner of the free jacks we had him on maybe i would say about a month or two ago on the show yeah and great he's episode. a big fan of the history of the revolutionary war he even you know, get soil from Lexington, the battle, uh, Lexington and Concord, and sprinkles it out on the pitch. Uh, I think that's like one of his pre-game wow. rituals. Yep. Incredible. That's like spellcasting level. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I and listen, the, the the success of that is 100% true because we've only lost twice in the history of Fort Quincy. It yeah. truly is a fortress. So whatever he's doing, keep doing it, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so my two suggested improvements, and I've been, I've been pestering TK. Basically, I've been like, TK, can you pass mm-hmm. these along to whoever's job this actually is? Because it's obviously not yours, right? Um, but and a bunch of the things that I actually asked about, they've done. So I'm pretty impressed. Okay. What, what was the suggestions? Well, the the two leftovers I have, ushers. We need ushers. We need uh-huh. people to tell you where your section is because. You know, the only indicators for what section is what is at the way top of mm-hmm. the arena. Right. And when people and people at the back are standing up so often, you can't even see it. If, That's right. Even if you know where to look. So all game long, there's clusters of people who come through and they're standing there looking the wrong way. They're looking around, they're pointing yeah. and they're like, where, where is the, where is the, like, I spend so much time being like, hey, what section are you looking for? Um, and it's not a problem. It, it's nice. And, and I think people appreciate how friendly the fans are, Sure. but let's get it together. Like they, right. they put together the, they put a QR code out saying, here's the match day program. Mm-hmm. How about one that says, this is where you are, or, or right. this is what the section is or a QR code saying, where's my seat? Mm-hmm. Seems easy. It, yeah, it does for sure. That's, that's, that should be an easy fix. Absolutely. I think that's a great suggestion. And the the other big one is the PA announcer needs to yeah. tell us what we actually just saw. The PA, right. the announcer says, penalty, prejects. Yes. And I'm like, for what? Like, right. and that person, I assume, has to be getting a communication saying, this is what it was. Like, just, yep. just tell us. Especially sure. because part of our job is to get new fans in, mm-hmm. bring new people into the game, make new fans. If if there's constantly stuff happening that just doesn't make sense and nobody around you can answer what was mm-hmm. that right it's it's a real you know barrier i right. think so just saying not rolling away offside yes. you know just just give us one more prepositional phrase for god's sakes i agree with that and it reminds me of uh two things one is the the pa music has to be like either turned down or reduced completely uh the reason Mm. being is because you know if you're talking amongst yourselves with uh, with the fans like you want to have that engagement you want to build up that type of you know friendliness and stuff like that when you've got rage against the machine blaring (laughs) which i i'm a big fan of their music but when you've got that or tool uh you know just blaring in your ear uh it's a bit difficult to talk amongst yourselves or let the chance happen organically, but you yep. know, 
when uh, uh, Zach De La Rocha is screaming in your ear from Rage Against the Machine, you can't really, you're not, you know, you're not getting that whole fan chanting experience that we want to yep. have at Fort Quincy. So the music has to be reduced for sure. In addition to that, sometimes in the last game that we were there, they were just letting the music ride, baby, during the gameplay. And I was like, during what a is lot, happening? Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was intentional. Like, okay, we're going to mess up the other team by playing it during yeah. their stuff. So, no, no, no. It was just happening. The DJ yep. was just off the hook. World famous broccoli guy was there and he was, he noticed it too. And I was like, well, it's either one of two things. It's either a, a, a complete mistake on their part, or they knew that you were coming and just wanted you to be able to dance a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way that any of us can get Broccoli Guy to dance any longer than he's faded right. to in this lifetime. Like, it's tapped. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to mention one more thing that was brought up to me by a guy that mm. uh, helps with growing the game truly uh, because he wears Free Jack stuff all the time. He does a public access television show in Merrimack, New Hampshire. I'm going to give him a shout oh. out right now. We call him Dan from Merrimack. He's been oh. on the show quite a bit. Um he, he brings a bunch of new people to the games, and I think his sister-in-law was, like, trying to figure out what the laws are, and uh, he was suggesting that they should have printouts uh, that you can bring with you into the, the stands that explain the rules, and I said, well, I believe that exists already in the digital format in the program, I believe, that does have the law explanations, but there's a problem with that, too, is, like, the QR codes are you know, situated throughout the stadium, but nobody knows that they're going to be on there. If you click on yeah. it, and a lot of people don't realize that the program is on those QR codes. Yeah. So that's something that they do need to inform people about more. It, you know, uh, I guess it could be very, very price if you continue to print out all of these, those pages of sure. like the laws and stuff like that. So it, it's a good idea to have it on the digital version of the program, but what if people don't know what's in there and how to get it? That's, that's, that creates another problem. Yeah, but that's a great, that's a great idea too. Yeah. And, it's funny, you know, as Americans, you and I are in the same spot where it's like, nobody knows what rugby is. We're all still trying to figure it out. I mean, I mean, in large part. Yes. And so a good friend of mine who's in the USA Eagles Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. when she watches American rugby broadcasts, it annoys the crap out of her because she feels like the commentary is so condescending because it's mm. like, oh, that's a scrum. Right. Like, and, but there has to be a teaching element at the same yes, time because we need, because you can't just not say what we're looking at. Cause the, all, there's lots of people who've never seen it before. It, it's a fine line. A rugby in America. I think that's one of their biggest problems that nobody really talks about is how do you walk that line between yeah. teaching and just rolling with it? Americans are very pig headed. And I don't mean that in a, like a what? truly bad what? way. Yeah, I know. Right. Shocking. I know. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would really appreciate what rugby brings to the table in terms of physicality, competitiveness, values, and stuff like that. But they don't they don't invest time into watching it because it is something new and foreign and different, right? So if they saw it and they took the time to watch it, they would love it. But it's it they got you got to break down the barrier and to help them along, there does need to be that learning and teaching aspect of it because it is different. Like uh, people can immediately appreciate, you know, great tackles and the physicality right. of rugby yep. when you watch it. But the laws can be very complex, so there does need to be a teaching element as well. And it, sh it we shouldn't be talking down to those people as we're doing it for sure. Phil, my friend, it is just about the midpoint of the season in the MLR. 
What has been your biggest non-free jacks related surprise this oh, year? Oh man. Great question. Um, I would say Utah is really coming on and mm. I, I didn't really anticipate that. I have all of our predictions in front of me right now. I'm trying I was to looking through them all. Oh there's yeah. There's a million. There is a million of them for sure. I had Utah as uh, a fifth place team in our way too early predictions. I think that they could really make a push here for a playoff place. Uh, I was really impressed with them when they played against the Free Jacks at home. And I Definitely. think they, they just did they just recently beat somebody that they should not have? I think it was maybe Houston. Yeah, us. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. That that as well. Yeah. But I think they beat Houston last week too, which was a real uh, eye-opener for people. I think they are better – than their record shows. And if mm. they can continue to make a push here, we got to watch out for them in the Western Conference. Now, the West is absolutely stacked. I was looking at the standings uh, before we oh, went heck on yeah. here. We're, we're about to talk, get fully into that. It, sure. It's a big deal. Yeah, so the, my, you know, the Utah Warriors, the mountain people, the hillbillies, if you will, they're <laughs> really surprising me right now. Uh, the five, hillbillies. They, they have the exact same record as us. They've got five wins and two losses, and they're looking real, real good. So as things stand right now, mm -hmm. our beloved Free Jacks, we're once again on top of the Eastern Conference. Both of you and I thought that. Uh, New York is in second place, which is really annoying. Yep. Uh, NOLA and Atlanta are tied at 16 points yep. for this you know, third slash fourth place, while DC are just a single point behind them somehow. Yep. At, at the very bottom, we have one win Toronto Arrows. <laughs> on that list, You know, wh what's your biggest surprise out of these performances so far? Um, I, I knew that Nola Gold would be good this year. I think they had a slow start. What's interesting is like all of these teams, except for New York and us, have losing records right now. So I, I don't believe that all of these teams suck, except for us in New York. I just think that <clears throat> uh, they were they were slow starters and they're trying to figure some stuff out. I anticipate right. that Nola will get across the finish line in a playoff position, the first one ever in their existence that they've been in the league for six years. So that'll be great for them. Um, have you been watching Dougie Fife over there? Is he playing for them? He he wasn't there he, for the the first game. He did not play, and he's played in every single game since then. I oh. haven't watched specifically their games, but I know I I check the uh, the starting twenty uh, threes for pretty mm. much every team, and he's been in there every single time. So not sure how well he's doing, but he has been starting ever since that first game. I wonder, and I said this might have been on the Jacks Rangers show, but I wonder if there's a little bit of a gentleman's agreement for that trade that he doesn't play against us. I wondered about that. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that my my biggest surprise right now is the Toronto Arrows. I knew that they would be bad. Yeah. I didn't expect them to be in last place. They've only won one game. They've lost six. The big thing for me is uh, their point differential is minus 101 points. Holy and cow. that is stinky, stinky bad. Um, yeah, so I, I think I've had them finishing fifth in the East. Right now, they might be in dead last as we continue on through this. So it's interesting if you if you add up the table points for all the teams in the East, you get exactly 100. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that actually means anything, but I'm a total <laughs> dork and I happen to notice it. That's pretty cool. Uh, the reason I noticed actually was because I was adding it up to try to illustrate how much stronger, as you've already alluded to, the Western Conference is mm -hmm. on the whole. Uh, so teams in the West have accrued 119 points points total despite having two teams with just a single win each. Yep. So in the West, we've got San Diego on top by virtue of their win over Seattle at the Starfire last weekend. Seawolves are second. Thundercats are third. Utah's in fourth. 
if Utah were in the Eastern Conference, by the way, they'd be in second place. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned, there's a couple of single win teams, Dallas edging out Chicago by virtue of two table points. Uh, what is your biggest surprise out West? It has to be how bad Chicago is, right? Yeah. So everybody except for you on the Jacks Rangers show as the outlier hey. segment that we did for the way too early prediction, everybody except for you predicted that the Chicago Hounds would make the playoffs. I was the only person that had them in third place, basically in a dogfight between them and Seattle in fourth place I at the end of the regular there. season. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, like they are – really not very good. And we anticipated that they would be, you were the only person I think that had them in fifth place at the end of the year. So kudos to you on that. That's good. Looking like that is going to be the case, but with all of their great players, especially that back row, or excuse me, that back line, they're 11 or 11 through 15 are absolutely all stars in major league rugby. How they have not put this together seven games in is a big time head scratcher because it's not like they have some jobber or some jabroni as a coach. They've got Sam Harris, who was the Austin uh, jabronis coach, as I like to call him <laughs> back in the day. And he's a damn good coach. I mean, obviously he did quite a bit there with, uh, with Austin. So I just anticipated this team would be so much better than they are. So somehow the Dallas Jackals actually have two more points on the table than the Second City Puppies, despite Crazy. having scored 40 points fewer in their overall games. Weird, right? Very strange. Yeah, I would have never guessed that uh, D Dallas would be ahead of Chicago seven games in. No way. Here's another fun fact for you. So if you go to the MLR website and you mm -hmm. look at the schedules... You can still select the Gilgronis and the Giltinis from the oh, countdown menu. I, I bet you thought that we were going to get through this entire show without mentioning either of those names, right? Yeah, I'm, I want to throw up. I, I always like to just, you know, <laughs> um, instead of calling them by their actual name, I like to, you know, throw a joke in there like Gilweenies or Jabronis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I'm so glad that that whole experiment is over with. I, it was a wild ride. It was like a guy with a um, you know winning a million dollar lottery ticket, but some some redneck, you know, just burning <laughs> through the money. So it was. It, I'm picturing a guy on like a rocket ship with a mullet who's just like, I'm out of yep. here. Yeah, exactly, for sure. So I, yep, go ahead. Uh, so if this was an NFL show, you and I would be talking a lot about strength of schedule. Strength of schedule is a, a big talking point in, you know, most of the sports that I follow besides rugby. It makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Um, I feel like it's it really informs you about what's coming and what you've been through in a league where there's only 12 teams and they've only played seven games. You know, our friend James Dealey might point out not all the data is in. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? For sure. That's true. And by the way, James Dealey's on my shit list right now. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he posted a graphic a couple of days back that uh, was basically like it, he's basically trying to pump up the long suffering Toronto fans. Right. Because <laughs> what he what he's trying to illustrate is that Toronto is very, very good at home when they actually do play in Toronto okay. or in T Ontario. But instead of just providing the graphics as he's so or providing the stats as he's so good at doing he put fort toronto question mark at the very very top of his graphic and that put me into a level of pissed off that i haven't been in quite some time because it's like you're stealing our thunder a little bit i you know uh the jacks ranger show came up with the, the moniker fort quincy and it truly is a fort by the way we're a, we have a much better home record than they do uh, in the entire history of our existence 
we've played uh, at Fort Union Point and then Fort Quincy. We've only lost three games uh, from wow. both of those venues. That's Two of them great. happening just last year at That's Fort Quincy step. against New York. So we are 17 and three at our in our home stands. Wow. Um, and that is, I believe, uh, 0.885 winning percentage. Wow. So, you know, there and by the way, nobody comes anywhere close to that, David. So right. it, yeah, yeah. we are truly a fortress at Fort Quincy. Wow. Yeah, it's not Fort Toronto. It's more like, I don't know, uh Shantytown? Yeah. Mud Huts, Toronto. Huts. <laughs> mud Huts. There we go. We can call them the Mud Huts from now on. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. as I mentioned, so it's not exactly science, but I did take a look at the current top four teams, two in each conference. Mm-hmm. I mapped out their paths the rest of the way, at, you know, for for these final nine games. Interested in how this came out? Yeah, let's hear it. So if you add up the table points of all the top four teams remaining, uh, their remaining opponents, you'll notice something that could be important. So the, the team with the toughest schedule remaining is the New York Sanitation Workers. <laughs> they face 164 table points. Next is Seattle, who face 162. Then it's us, the Free Jacks, facing 149. And finally, San Diego actually have the easiest remaining schedule, despite already being the top team in the MLR with 139. So that's a 25-point difference between New York and San Diego, which also happens to be the number of points that we currently have. Hmm. So I should probably put a question in here at some point. So here it goes. Is strength of schedule going to be a big difference over the second half of this year, or have I just wasted a bunch of <laughs> both of our time? I'm not going to say that you wasted time because, you know, any experience you have uh, provides life uh, lessons. But I will just say that I would have never considered this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a hard yes for you. Yes. Yeah, that's a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, however you have fun, David, is however you have fun. I, who am I to judge uh, what you do in your, your free time? Um, I will say this. I believe that at the end of the season, I think I said this in my way too early predictions, we will see the New England Free Jacks and the San Diego Legion in the final. And what you've provided here is a great uh, way for San Diego to get there pretty easily because mm. I think, you know, at this point, they are, we're seven games in. We're almost halfway through. They have the most points of anybody in the entire league. They're at the top of the Western Conference. They have a point differential of 100, which is the highest of all teams. Oh, yes. And they are really on it. They have some excellent players. I just wonder, uh, they are the oldest squad in the league. So I wonder how well they're going to do down the stretch. Oh, wow. Nine games to go. Looking at the injury list. That's very interesting. That's Mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. So I, I believe that we we will see them. Unfortunately, it won't be at Fort Quincy or right. San Diego. It's going to be in Chicago, which I'm sure the Chicago fans will show up. I'm sure Midwesterner rugby fans will show up. I just wonder about what a one week notice for a you know the fans of the team that will be going to the game, you know, getting flights together with one week notice. I mean, it's going to be absolutely a shit show. I'm I'm nervous about that for sure. Yeah, same. Um, but you know, we were just talking about the Legion. How big was San Diego's win at the Starfire this weekend? Huge. And did Seattle lose because, 
as you already mentioned, they lost the power of Broccoli Guy, who was here bringing <laughs> us the green power. Right. I, I was kind of just under the assumption well, when we were talking about this, when we interviewed him, that maybe they were on a bye week. I didn't realize mm. that they were playing at home. And, he abandoned uh, them. He abandoned them. How about that? Well, I mean, he is a Free Jacks fan, right? <laughs> exactly. He is, uh, we True are his shown. Eastern, yes, we're his Eastern Conference team. So, I mean, he's got to show us a little bit of love too. Uh, side note, what's a cooler stadium name? The Starfire or the Snapdragon? Ooh, Snapdragon's pretty cool, right? I mean, like, really good, right? yeah, right. Exact mythical creature, badass. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. So do you still find it confusing that Chicago are technically a Western Conference team? Because I know I definitely do. Not really. Um, I would say that what's going to happen most likely is when Miami comes into the league, if there's no Western Conference team that will join Mm. on with them, we will see NOLA in the Western Conference, and that's going to be really confusing pretty soon. Yep. So there's only eight points difference between San Diego and Utah in the Mm -hmm. West. Which team is more likely – you know, come out ahead of either San Diego or Seattle? Do you pick Houston or Utah? Are either of those teams going to overtake the leaders right now? I don't really know. So I feel like Utah is on a tear right now, but mm. Houston's really good. And I, I really believe in what they're trying to build down They've there with the South, South Africa. Year too. Yeah. I feel like they've got consistency. For sure. I, I, it's kind of a toss up for my, I'll give, I'll give the edge to Houston just because I love that area. Um, mm. Went down there for the preseason. So I think it will be very, very tough, but um, yeah, I'm going to say Houston pulls away just slightly, but I am impressed with Utah for sure. Chicago and Dallas are both one and six as we record this right now, which team ends up with a better record? Chicago, they have to get it together at some point, man. Like, Mm. I mean, this has been a delayed loading for them, uh, but they have to start winning games at some point in the near future. Their backs are too good not to. They just need a little bit better forward support. They need to, you know, get things, you know, sorted out. They have the ponies to finish the race, whereas Dallas, although they have good players, I think Chicago's players are better than them and that we will see that at the end of the season. It feels like Chicago's players are bigger than them, at least. Mm. Chicago's main asset might be size. Mm-hmm. You don't think the uh, the Dallas, the, the coaching sort of connection between Argentina, that's not going to make the difference for them this year, at least? Uh, I, will, I will say that they will be a threat going forward beyond this year, but it really needs to settle on in. And I hope that they do continue on with the Argentinian connection because last year, if you recall, they won zero games and they yes. fired everybody. Everybody got a pink slip. So <laughs> I really hope that they continue with this Argentinian experience, even if it doesn't go well this season, so that they can build some continuity going forward, some consistency in coaching because you definitely need that. You can't just keep you know, bring recycling, like getting people in you know bringing new people in um they really need to stick with something yeah especially in a league like this one too you know when i when i talked to mike rogers a couple of months ago he talked about the the, the problem in the mlr where on one hand you're tasked with winning you got to win right now oh, on the yeah. other hand there's this overall task of trying to build rugby in the united states which yes. which means you've got to bring local people through you got to take time you got to develop people but that's not conducive to winning. It's it's a dance that they're always doing. Uh, it's a complicated league in many ways. It's a balancing act, right? Because I think 
Scott Matthew is a genius, by the way. I think we're so lucky to have him. But at the same time, like the geniuses in our front office picked this guy. So I'm going to give them a little bit of credit too for bringing this guy in to, and giving him the tools to succeed. With what happened last year, I think it even surprised him a little bit. But mm. now he's got that built up goodwill to where he can, you know, experiment a little bit more as opposed to if we finish like 500 or we miss the playoffs. The, the seat is hotter. He's on a three-year contract. The first year is obviously over and done with, so he's got two years left on this deal. Um, you know, I think he can experiment a little bit more than he normally would have and and do that balancing act more so because he's built up all of this goodwill. We, I mean, we had a 10-game winning streak last year. Let's not forget that, how good that they were last year. It's amazing. A 10-game winning streak in a 16-game season? It's, it's unheard of. I think he mentioned that specifically. Like, it just doesn't happen in rugby. It's like really, really uh, an oddity. Um, it's an exception to the rules. So uh, he's got he's built up all of this um, – you know, uh, fan goodwill and also just, you know, everybody's joyous with the Free Jacks right now and their performances last year. And then, you know, this year too, there's no reason to complain. We're a little bit spoiled around here, but uh, five and twos is a damn good record. So I think he has the um, the insurance, if you will, to, to kind of, you know, uh, not take the foot off the gas, but be a little bit more experimental. I think we've seen that this year and it just it continues to impress me with his sort of leadership. I think it's just, yes. it's been amazing. Um, just a couple more things on the West. I, I was managed to give you a heads up for this one just before, before mm-hmm. we started talking um, standout players for you over there in the West. I, I don't think either of us spend much time pouring over the mm-hmm. score sheets from Western conference stuff. Um, Davey, I think it's Kutza. Uh, of Houston, of course, yes. he leads the league in points scored. Yep. He's 16 points ahead of our own Jason Potras. Mm-hmm. We'll get to him later, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyone else out there catching your eye? Absolutely. On the Western Conference side, uh, Jordan Chayette, I, I'm, uh, I think I'm pronouncing the last name incorrectly, but he's a South African uh, kid born and raised in Cape Town. I believe he's of Jewish heritage because I think he was at the Maccabea Games. I'll get into that in a moment. He used to play for the Tel Aviv Heat as well. Uh, came through the Sharks uh, system there, down there in South Africa. Uh, fly half, plays for Seattle now. Uh, in that first game was his real coming out party. The kid absolutely has a can for a leg and I was made aware of his talents over in the summer in the offseason um because I had some people that were at the Maccabea games down there in Israel oh, uh, that were playing nice. against him and they said you know we got to sign this guy we're trying to recruit him for the free jacks wow. not not any free jack staff but just fans of the free jacks that were there and I was like okay let me throw this idea out there and I, I mentioned it to the staff and they were already on uh, they mm. they had him on their radar for sure. So he could have been a free jack, but it just didn't work out. But he's he's a great player. Um, I want to say he's he's 26 years old, has a cannon for a leg. Great player. Seattle really got one that's very very good. So you know, I of course mentioned Davey. I think it's Kotsa of of Houston because of his points scored, but you know, points scored is like the most American of all metrics. Of course, right. that's uh-huh. what a lot of us think of immediately when we're trying to identify the best players. What are some other sort of, you know, stat categories 
that you think would, you know, tell us a lot about how good a player actually is. To me, rugby is like one of the sports that's hardest to judge by stats. It just, mm-hmm. the, the stuff people, the best players do doesn't always show up on any stat sheet. It's just what the coaches see and know. Um, do you have any categories that you think that are more informative than something as sort of simplistic as, oh, he scores a lot of points? I will tell you this. I don't know if this is something that MLR continues to keep track of, but I know that they had at least these stats um, back in 21 and 22 seasons. Uh, beat defenders is one that I really like. So if you're if you're beating that first defender and getting like past that. them and you know continuing, how about line breaks is important too. 13 line breaks. I'm reading off because I, I I got some stats together for our musket size pants stand and what that is on the Jack Stranger show. Uh, the opponent that we play, who is the player that caught your eye that you would like to see as a free jack player or just a, a really really good player on the opposition in general. So I picked Billy Meeks, who's a fantastic rugby oh, player. Oh yeah, Heck um, yeah. How about care? You know, carries is really good, and also uh, meters gained is another yep. thing. That, you know, obviously you want people to finish and score tries, but that's not always the case in rugby. It's such a team game. There's so many defenders, so you have to make that offload. So you might not yep. be getting the try, but you've set up that guy um, to make the try. You know, tackles is important too, uh, as well. So uh, you want a well-rounded player. So I would say beat defenders, line breaks, carries, meters gained, and tackles is is very, very important. It's just not all about points scored. So swinging back over here to our own Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. the points difference between us at the top and the fourth place slot is nine points. So between NOLA and Atlanta, mm-hmm. which team do you think sort of poses a bigger threat to us as Free Jacks fans? We haven't seen uh, Atlanta yet. Rebrand ATL is what I'm calling them. We're going to have Tammy McQueen, who is their sideline reporter uh, on the show tomorrow. As a matter of fact, it'll be out. uh, It'll be out next week, uh, the actual episode, but we're going to have her on the live stream on the 13th of April at, I want to say 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll talk more about uh, rugby ATL. What I was really Wanting from them is to see big splash signings, and it really didn't materialize. I believe it's mostly the same team as last year, which is perfectly fine. They did make the playoffs, and they and they they have been a force since they joined the league every single year. But for me, I feel like NOLA has made really good additions. They've kind of moved away from that policy of, oh, we're just developing American talent. They're like, no, 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 no. We're not winning enough games and we're not making the playoffs. <laughs> so we're just going to sell our souls. This is and, the balance we just talked about. This is the balance. Exactly. So, you know, they are six years in the league and have never made the playoffs. They love that whole, we're going to draft talent. We're going to evaluate better than any team in the draft and bring in all of these great American players. But ultimately, it's all about wins and losses. So that's a great story, but that will get you fired if you don't win enough games. So what they've done is they've increased their um, international player slots and have brought in some really, really good players. Um, Iona came in from the Brumbies uh, as a fly half. So that's just one example of they're they're really beefing up the international talent. So I expect them... Uh, you know, I, I finished them. I expected them to finish third, and I'm not really moving off of that. Way too early prediction. I okay. anticipate that they will make the playoffs for the first time ever. I, I feel like that would be good for them as long as it doesn't go through us. Yeah, absolutely. So DC and Toronto, they're huh. separated by just a single victory. Yep. Which team ends up with the better record this year? DC. I think DC has 
greatly improved where I think Toronto for the most part has make has taken a step backwards. It doesn't help that Toronto last week had 13 players on their injured list. Yeah. It's another injury crisis for Toronto. I almost feel bad for their fans, but not quite. Um, yeah, I feel like DC has improved, but again, when you're on the bottom of the conference at the end of the year last year, there's only one way to go, and that's up. And they definitely have increased the good signings. By the way, one of our uh, best props, the strongest guy on the team last year, Quentin Newcomer, was traded to his hometown uh, team, D.C., so I think uh, he will be a factor going forward. They've just really increased and improved their player personnel, so I expect them to at least finish fifth. So any non-free jack players who stand out to you in our conference, who are you looking at this year and going, oh? Uh, even though I just trashed them, Toronto has Sammy Malcolm, and that mm. kid can absolutely kick the lights, uh, the 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 laces. They don't have laces anymore. He can kick the stuffing out of a, a rugby ball. Um, <laughs> I just think, you know, he's one of those guys that I think – if it was not the first game, it was the second game. He scored all of Toronto's points in their one win of the season. I mean, incredible. Wow. He's very good. Okay, here's a potential surprise for you. So both of us, you and I have talked about this. We have little or no faith in the team from D.C. <laughs> Would it shock you to learn that Old Glory featured the player with the second most points scored, mm -hmm. the second most successful goal kicks, yep. and the first most kicking meters and all of those are the same guy by yes. the way Dios does Bonito, this scare right? you in any way does this Dios, let you know right. that DC's a threat a little bit like I mean I expected them to improve and we've heard from Free Jack's uh staff that they felt like DC would be a problem this year compared to last year um I just I don't see them making I don't think they have enough talent up and down the roster i don't think they have enough depth to make a playoff push but listen again when you finished dead last last year and everybody was writing you off as a team that you know is just dead in the ground you can only go up from there so for them to finish fifth or maybe fourth that's a great improvement for them it's true so i'm gonna try to keep i'm gonna keep trying to scare you here dc also have a different player who is second in made tackles, a stat we just talked about, and total carries, made tackles and carries. And again, this is one guy. Mm. Is this scaring you at all? Are they underperforming to a level that we should be worried about? They are underperforming because they're a team that doesn't know how to win. Mm. Um, so you know, they have some talent. You know, I, Are you talking about uh, their eight man there? Oops, sorry. <laughs> exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Double muted uh, myself. No worries. Um, so yeah, I think you have to hate losing more than you love winning. And mm. I don't know if DC has that culture built up in the locker room yet. So I expect them to do bigger things next season. If they retain most okay. of their players and continue on with their management that they have there. Um, but I don't, I'm not scared of them. That that's a great point. I feel like if I was a DC fan, I would think the season's not for us, but we have building blocks. These things are yeah. Real. If you finish fifth and you're a DC fan, or you know, if you finish fourth, they should be carrying Josh Sims, who's their head coach, off of the field like they just won the Super Bowl. Um, 
that I mean that that's a funny thing to say, but I'm I'm completely serious. If they've improved that much at the end of the season, you know, he might get uh, coach of the year. So we've been dancing around it just a little bit. Our beloved Free Jacks, we're currently five and two. Do you recall? Uh, in fact, you mentioned you've been going through the the preseason predictions. Do you recall what you and I predicted our record would be after seven games? Yeah, twelve. Oh, after seven games, I believe yeah. we predicted five and two. Yeah, I think both of us said five and two. Yeah, I know for sure that the two losses that I had chalked up the Free Jacks, I have lost those games, and that was uh, San Diego and Utah. So I, I'm right on the money so far. And what's interesting is like we always pick the Free Jacks every time that we have an episode in the preview to win the game. But all of those, I'm picking them like by one point victories, knowing that in the preseason, in our way too early predictions, I picked them to lose. And the graphics that we do, you know, normally it's like the, you know, uh, I'm trying to give you an example here. Normally it's like the the free, like the Simpsons bully, like grabbing Milhouse by the back of the underwear and like wedging him or something like that. It's got the free jack's face for the bully and then the <laughs> opposition team that we play as millhouse oh, in, yes. the, in the most recent one that i did where i knew that we would lose which is utah where i predicted that we would lose in the way too early predictions i did the happy gilmore fight with bob barker where you just like he uh sucker punches him first and the then price people is were, wrong bitch exactly and people were like you know that bob barker wins that fight i'm like yeah I know. I'm trying to let you guys know <laughs> that I don't feel confident in this game. Uh, wow, that's like deep level meme work. It's it's third. Uh, what is it? 3D chess. Yeah, that's what I'm trying <laughs> exactly. to play here with people. So, our team has had a lot of different rotations. We've got a lot of different starting selections throughout this year so far. We've had a few really close contests as well. Mm -hmm. Does that combination of facts? make you you know worry about our consistency yeah. or does it tell you that we are a deep team with lots of different ways to win we are a deep team with lots of different ways to win but i am a little concerned with um the point differential we're only at 36 and if you look at the table you know uh san diego their point differential is 100 seattle's is 77 houston's is 58 so the top three teams in the west are just kicking everybody's ass essentially that they play with the point differential and then we're you know we would be fourth in the west right now in terms of that stat and oh by the way we would be fourth as well in the overall point standings with seven everybody's played seven games so i am a little concerned with that in terms of if we get to the finals do we get beat up by the western conference team but i'm also a little bit worried with where we are in the season right now and there's still a little couple of issues that i'm noticing every time we get into an opponent's 22 it seems like more often than not we're having unforced errors or knock-ons, getting the ball stripped in a tackle where the other team retains possession and is able to get out of a jam. We didn't really see that that much last year. So it's, I'm talking about clinical finishing is a That's problem great. right now. Next thing that's on my list is discipline. It wasn't really that bad last week against Chicago, but in prior weeks, we were giving up way too many, too many penalties. I think we had 13 or 12 at Utah, at their house. Like, you're not going to win games like that. All of that. those were because we brought Jesse back, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> and God bless him. I, I want him here, but... <laughs> He's kind of a knucklehead, but I will say this. In the past 
what uh, in the Chicago game and the one prior to that, he's played pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. The, uh, they gave him a talking to, and he actually yes. was like, "Fine, yes, I'm going to listen to you." <laughs> Apparently, uh, this is not something that I watched because I didn't watch a lot of NPC. I did watch the highlights, but not the whole games. Bozo was saying on our show that Jesse doesn't have this disciplinary issues in NPC. Mm. So I don't know if somebody was like, "Listen, man, we're just going to send you home if you keep doing this. If you keep getting yellow and red cards, you're out of here. Like we've I- got competition for places here." I saw that comment and I, I wondered if it was just a difference in officiating because Jesse plays his game the way Jesse right. Pretty is going to play the game. The past, and, yes. Uh, and there was at least one play this past weekend where he's, you know, right on the edge here, right near me. And we force a turnover and he's doing the, oh, ha, 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 and he's right. laughing in your face with a big, wide open expression, just trying to rile you up more, hoping that you might yeah. take a swing at him or something. And like, oh, you know, he, he's aptly named. He is the pest. He's the sure. pest. He's Brad Marshawn. If Brad Marshawn were like grew a foot taller and was on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hockey reference for people who don't get that. So I'm going to give you some names, Phil. Yeah. Joel Hintz. Love him. The crocodile hunter. Mitch Jacobson. Big Andrew fan Quattrin. of his. Okay. Oh, 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 oh you're not asking yeah, yeah, me. I'm gonna, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. keep giving you the list. I'm getting excited. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Quatrin, uh, Cole Keith, Jason Potras. These are just some of our new acquisitions. All gods know we have a lot of new people, you know, new faces on our team this year. Can you speak a little bit about some of the great pickups that the Free Jags have made this year? You know, last year we we had a, a similar situation where we retained some guys. The core group of the Free Jacks continue, but we brought in some guys that people were like, who the hell is this? And it's kind of the same thing this year where we have this – because of the history of the league, where, where we are at this point, it's, it's not a – you know, th- these guys aren't paid – tons of money to play rugby so they're going to get other opportunities to go other places and then it becomes the job of tk and the coaching staff to kind of like get together and say well who do we want to bring in so the recruitment is so so important at this level it's almost like american college football where recruiting is everything if you get a bunch of bums to come play at your college, you're going to lose a lot of games. But if you get some blue chips, you find some gems, you're going to do all right. Um, and I think that's what the Free Jacks have done. And their model, by the way, is being copied all across the league by getting these guys from NPC that are part-timers, essentially. They play you know, four or five months out of the year at NPC level but aren't good enough yet, maybe are still you know, developing their game. They can't quite get into the super rugby level. So we're taking those guys and giving them an opportunity to be basically year-round rugby players by coming here and you know, getting better at their game and really showing their talents here at this level. So guys like Joel Hintz that you mentioned, Jason Patras, um, Mitch Jacobson, all of those guys are NPC guys that have been playing down there in New Zealand for many, many years at their level, and they're coming here and absolutely tearing this league apart. And I think it's just a, a, another hat tip to the Mitch Free Jacks. Mitch has gotten the captaincy a couple of times now. Exactly. This is a guy that um, a lot of people kind of raised their eyebrow when he was selected as the captain a couple games back because we had, you know, obviously, uh, Josh Larson, our captain, go down with a season-ending injury, which we hate to see. But then um, Joe Johnston and also um, Mitch uh, Wilson were selected as co-captains at the game in uh, New York. So people kind of assumed that maybe that was what they were going to do going forward. And then Mitch Jacobson comes in as the captain for the past couple games. And people are like, well, wait a minute. Is 
Mitch not good enough, Mitch Wilson, or is Joe not good enough, the mechanic, to do the captaincy? But here's the thing. This guy has the resume and the leadership ability, and it's not just that on its own. He must 100%. be displaying those leadership qualities in practice, or otherwise they wouldn't even offer it to the guy. Um, yep. So I, I feel like we're in good hands with him as the captain. And if if you don't believe me, just go look at this guy's history. Captain of Waikatu for many, many years. Before that, they won the World Cup in the um, New Zealand under-20s with him as the captain. Wow. So, I mean, we're talking about a World Cup uh, winner at the youth level as the captain of the team. Yep. And this is – I talked to him. He was the first, I think, new recruit we had that I got on my own show. Who, right. Who was just so much fun to talk to. But – his instant starting off point was, well, I hope to work my way into the starting lineup. Yes. I hope that I'm able to contribute. That's where yep. he started from. And now he's our captain. Like That's that, the that's mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's such a rugby mentality. I mean, I think people that would hear that from other sports would be like, oh, this guy's a, a starter at a different league. That's very, very good. Well, you would expect him to come in here and just, you know, swing his dick around and be like, oh, I'm, I'm the I'm going to be starting every game or whatever. But there's no yep. ego in rugby. It's a very, very humble sport, but he has the right attitude. Obviously, he has had to work his butt off um, because you can't just go based on resume. That's not how this team works. It's not how the culture has been built up. You have to earn it. It's hardworking, humble and fun is the mantra the free jacks so he probably embodies all of that phil my friend as always you are a never-ending <laughs> fountain of mlr insights and knowledge i really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat yet again before i let you go maybe just a final sort of mini round of questions sure go ahead okay so our beloved team we have nine more fixtures this season uh-huh if we break them into threes we're looking at a visit to the great white north followed by two home games in a row. We'll be at Fort Quincy for the rebranded Rattlers and then the New York food inspectors. <laughs> what is our record coming out of those three matches and why? Oh boy. Um, I, you know, in my way too early predictions, I predicted that we would lose uh, to Toronto at Toronto. I think that was mostly <laughs> because of my PTSD because I went to that game last year. That's why we call it they, way too early, my friend. That's right. So I will say that we will win all of those games hmm. that's a reasonable expectation i think uh, new york's in there yeah but it's it's at our place now people will say well wait a minute phil we've lost to them twice in a row at home but this is a different team for the most part and it's we have a, that man i think we we truly have that revenge mentality and it's not just me saying that um uh, the eagle kyle sequera he posted prior to the first game of the year, this is the revenge tour 2023 mm. for the New England like Free Jacks. So if they have that mentality of a team that beat them twice at home at Fort Quincy, the only time that we've ever lost at Fort Quincy, one of them being a playoff game, it was win or go home, and we had to go home, unfortunately. I truly expect the Free Jacks to come out with their damn hair on fire and just absolutely run over the New York pet sitters. Plus, they haven't yet signed Nehem Milner Scudder or <laughs> in the Hollow. So, right. Know. Yeah. Um, okay. The next three were then away again. We go to DC, followed by a home double. Again, we welcome Nola's Fool's Gold, and the Toronto Arrows are all pointing down. Yep. Same mm -hmm. question. What's our record out of those three? And what are the keys to you? 
we win all of those games. I feel like at this point we would have what a six game winning streak or a seven game winning streak, or actually yeah. if you count uh, from the, from the Chicago Hounds game, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's a seven game winning streak. So what you're doing in those scenarios is you're probably rotating the squad a little bit, but you're doing right. everything right that you've done to win those games and just carry it through um, quite a few home games in that stretch. So I, I feel good about our chances against all of these teams. I I think we truly have the better roster and more depth than all of these teams, uh, except for maybe the last two games that you haven't gotten to yet. So I just, you know, I feel like, you know, you're going to get into that. You're, you're, the train is moving and it's not stopping for anybody, Jack. We're keeping rolling. And if you're in our way, we're just going to run you the hell over. We're very close to the end here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got to say, this is a weird side thing. So I, as I was prepping this whole thing, I was looking ahead to the end of the season and it w- made me like weirdly preemptively sad. I was like, mm. oh, that's mm. going to be the end. I was looking at the last three games and I was like, but that's the last three games. Like, I don't want it to be. Doesn't it feel like this season is always shorter than you think? Like you spend it in an inordinate <clears throat> amount of time waiting for it. Yes. It comes and then blink, it's done. It's crazy that we're already seven seven games into this thing. I mean, I, I feel so busy during the season with the Jacks Rangers show that I'm kind of like losing my mind a little bit. But yeah. then once the last game is played, hopefully that's the MLR championship and we hoist the shield. But once that is over, it's just like, well, what do I do now for, you know, eight <laughs> months? You know, I've got a lot of free time. Maybe I'll read a book or go on a hike, <laughs> you know. Play some video games. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be sad, but you know, at the Jack Stranger Show, we we don't close up shop like some of these other oh, uh, no. not you know MLR specific team shows that you won't hear for for another eight months. We're going to yeah. do at least once uh, a month episodes at the very least. Nice. Mm-hmm. So the, these final three games in the in the regular season, not the final three games. Period. In the in the regular season. They're going to see us going to what I've been calling the gorilla cage, as mm-hmm. it's called the Silverback Park, visiting the the snaky snakes. <laughs> uh, then we're off to Seattle for a massive cross country trip. Yeah, quick side I will note, be there. Quick, yeah, quick, quick side note. I understand you're actually headed to, uh, to the Pacific Northwest because you're such a Twilight fa- a Twilight fan. You're going to go there, <laughs> check out all your Twilight hotspots. I know you're just a massive Twilight fan, um, but while you're there, your partner sort of convinced you, you might as well go take in some rugby. Is that right? Absolutely. That is 100% correct. You know, I will say this, the movies are not that bad. They're really not <laughs> that bad. I've never read the books. Caitlin's a big fan. You know, it was part of her uh, youth growing up. So and I've seen the movies multiple times, you know, every once in a while uh, we'll have a little marathon. You know, we're we're big Harry Potter fans. I've only re- seen the movies, never read the books. I mean, there's kind of a trend going on here. But, um, you know, we will watch either Harry Potter marathon or the Twilight marathon. And I will say that, again, they're not as bad as people make them out to be. They're <laughs> not that bad. I really enjoy Jasper's accent. It reminds me of home, you know, that southern, that southern <laughs> accent. Nice. You know, I, every time he talks, I'm like, oh, I'm back home. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I'm super excited. We're actually first going to go to LA, which it's going to be a monumental trip. Oh, wow. So we're flying from Boston to check LA. check out the Giltinis and oh, oh. The, the, yeah, yeah, right. The museum, uh, the Coliseum, excuse me, the museum where the old uh, Giltinis played. Um, we'll check that out for sure. But, um, you know, from there, we're going to, uh, from LA to Seattle, we're going to be there several days. Obviously, the game is going to take place. We're probably going to do some live podcasting with a lot of their fans. Really excited to see the fan culture that's been built up over there at seattle one of the best in the league for sure so we'll see broccoli guy we'll see uh rookie the seawolf who will be in the episode as well hoping to get all of those people in one room at one time to do a live uh stream it's going to be absolutely bonkers but uh hoping that we win that game because i definitely don't want to come from back to seattle from seattle to boston after losing that game that would be awful so to finish off the regular season we're of course Back at home, you and I will be there in the warm confines. Maybe it'll be warm by then mm-hmm. of Fort Quincy to face Houston and the Thundercats. To be fair, that's a tough way to end, a, end the year. Those last Very two tough. matches, pretty tough. tough. How do you see us doing in those, in fact, last three? I will say that um, I think we lose to Atlanta. And right now I'm just looking at my oh. way too early predictions. Okay. Um, I think we lose to Atlanta. That's a tough trip to make. In the dead of summer, essentially, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid down there. They probably rotate the squad quite a bit because they've got a gauntlet, um, mm. you know, the the travel to Seattle and then home. Uh, so I think the 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 last two teams that we play, Seattle and Houston, are definite, you know, playoff teams. Uh, that is oh, yeah. very, very tough to end the season. And I think Atlanta, you know, is going to be in that hunt for the third yep. position. Either they're going to finish fourth or third. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. I'm guessing that they will uh, lose out to NOLA, but that's a tough mm. way to, you know, yeah, you got to go down there to Atlanta. Yeah, the weather is going to be awful. Um, so, yeah, I would say that we probably lose at least one of those. So, based on your and my predictions, because as always, we've we sort of picture very similar outcomes. Mm-hmm. Our free jacks should find themselves in playoff contention. Do we get a bye week in the first round? Yes. Um, based on what we're talking about here, I think the way that I'm, we've gone through the schedule, we're talking about ultimately just three losses for the free jacks. I don't mm-hmm. think New York's as good as they were last year. I think a lot of that has to do with Andy Ellis not returning. You know, I think he was like kind of the heart and soul of that team you know, getting long in the tooth, didn't want to continue, has retired. Um, So they're still very, very formidable, but I don't think they're as good as last year. So I will say that the Free Jacks will be the number one seed out of the East. Well, New York haven't added their like eight former All Blacks. Right, that's the next shoe to drop. But here's the thing is they can't do it so late in the season anymore. They have to do it, I want to say about two weeks before they did it last time. So, Mm. I mean... We'll see how that goes. I really, uh, again, where's this money coming from? Are they just hiding money in mattresses to bring these guys over? Like, how is that? How does that work with the salary cap? It's in those iron pipes somewhere. They just kind of roll it up. So if we make it through the second round and ended up back in the Eastern Conference Finals, who do you imagine we're going to be facing? It has to be New York, right? Because I, I think oh, NOLA is good, but I think, think so. that they will lose to New York in the Eastern Conference Eliminator game. We will see New York once again at Fort Quincy, and it's time for the revenge tour once again. We yes. get this win. So that'll be three wins over them uh, for the season. It's a clean sweep against the, the New York That's Pet hard Sitters. To do. It is hard. Three, three wins in a row. 
it's rough. But again, we're optimistic people here in New England. We want our team to do well. So we're <laughs> nobody has ever said those words in that order. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do not think that the nightmare scenario can happen again. Otherwise, you know, it's a Freddy Krueger time because last year I kept saying the nightmare scenario. And I said this for like maybe two months before the season ended. The nightmare scenario is you lose at Fort Quincy in the Eastern Conference final to your biggest rival. And that's exactly what happened. So just for all of our sanity, that cannot happen this year. And we finally punch our ticket, unfortunately, to Chicago, Illinois <sighs> um, in the final. So, Phil, who wins this year's MLR Shield? And give me two reasons why it's obviously our Free Jacks. I would say if it was at Fort Quincy, the, the home field advantage would be the number one reason. But since that will not be the case, um, I will say that the depth on this team is yep. exceptional. And even if we have some injuries in that final game, I believe in the guys that will be coming, you know, from the bench to the starting positions. Because if you look up and down our bench, David, these guys, most of them that play on our 23 are, let's say, 16 to 23, could start on practically any other team in MLR. It was specifically built up this way. This is something that the staff talked about in the offseason on our show, how important it is to have depth. So depth will definitely be a reason why that we win. And the second reason Mm. is because a guy – who was the MVP of the league last year, could be making his triumphant return prior to the end of the season, and he will see us over the line. You're teasing something pretty big right there, my friend. Pretty I didn't big. know if... Uh... It's not a done deal yet. There's no okay. paperwork been signed. Okay. But I feel I'm pretty good about stay away from it. saying the name. Sure. I, I didn't say the name either. We will not speak his name on this show. But I feel like that guy has the game breaker, the playmaking, the X factor to put us over the line. Ooh, I just got a little tingly there, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, my dear friend, so amazing to talk to you. As always, please, the the floor is yours. Plug what you've got coming up on the Jacks Rangers show. You've got so much content coming out. You've, You've had so many incredible interviews recently, like... What's the lineup coming up? What, what should we look forward to as our as fans of your show? David, I've got content bleeding out of the eyeballs. So <laughs> um, there was a great Steve, Steve Martin quote where he was like, culture, I've got culture <laughs> coming out of my ass. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, for sure. Like uh, we've got so many interviews lined up. It's, it's pretty insane. We're doing basically like two a week because I keep forgetting that we have these great correspondents from other MLR teams. Mm. We've got friendships that have been built up over several years at this point. Uh, we have these experts that come in and sometimes I forget that the next team that we're playing is their team. So I have to quickly schedule them. So um Every Monday night and into Tuesday morning, there's a new episode of the Jacks Rangers show that goes over interviews, uh, the previous game review, and the upcoming game preview. Um, And we also have all kind of graphics on our Facebook page, our uh, Instagram, Twitter. So all that stuff happens throughout the week. I will tell you that LaRue Milan, a crowd favorite who just returned to the Free Jacks, uh, scored his uh, first try of the season in his first touch last week's game. An absolutely phenomenal player. 
He will be. Oh, that's great. What a good. That's a great cat. He will be on the show live on Thursday, April the 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you're not able to catch the live stream, he will obviously be in that later sure. uh later episode um so that's a big one we got uh wendy young who is an mlr broadcaster does a fantastic job will be on the show um we're having uh like i said yesterday uh, tomorrow we're having tammy mcqueen who is our correspondent from atlanta and we've got the rugby pick'em boys who's a, a great mlr oh. uh, just rugby in general I don't know in, about this interview one. uh that will happen tomorrow night at 9 30 eastern oh time. nice yeah thursday yes oh that's fantastic phil you are simply the best, as they said in Top Gun. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm so happy that you're still holding the record for the all-time guest appearances on my show. Me too. I can't wait to see you in like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, I I wish you all the enjoyment in the world as you re 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 read your Twilight books. I know <laughs> you're going to be pouring through those things, and and I hope your fan fiction gets some nice likes on your blog. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> And as always, I will talk to you soon, my friend, and be well. Huzzah. Thank you so much, David.